Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, and producer Terry. This week we're here to talk about Extremists, written by Stephen Muffet, directed by Daniel Netheim. Is that right? Sure. Sure. Aired May 20th, 2017. Jill. Yes. Oh, what'd you think of this one? It was a lot. In a good way. There's there's a lot to it. I'm a little bit mind blown still. I wish I could have watched it twice, but I didn't have time. But this is one I'll probably rewatch before the next episode. So there's just a lot going on, but it was really, really good. There is a lot, and it does seem like it is kind of a two-parter, like the story's continuing. So maybe a rewatch would be good. Cody? Yo, Jake, this episode was exceptional. I thought you in particular would like this one. It was It's everything I need in an episode. It has that cataclysmic massive event that's like, that makes that episode really stick. I love it. Sam. It's not quite family blood, though. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. It was a great episode. Fun to watch with a screaming toddler running around. Saw about half of it, but it was great. The, the half I saw was wonderful. Speaking of screaming toddlers, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the twist that it had in there. And visually, it was just fun to watch as well, just with the uh, sets and costumes and everything. So it was it was pleasing all around. Wait, what twist? Alex? Yeah, yeah, it's still good. It's a really good episode. A lot of fun. Uh, some crazy, uh, like reality type shit. Like it's awesome. Cool. Jake. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was good. I'm trying to remember what I thought of it the very first time I saw it, and I can't remember. I think I was pretty hyped. Uh, looking at it a second time. All the cool stuff is kind of in the last 10 minutes, and it's a lot of buildup and a lot of, uh, you know, being blind. And uh, <laughs> that it's that's fine because it is spoopy and funny and there's lots of cool stuff going on, but it is a lot. Cyber stuff always scares the shit out of me. Like Alex said, like there's just so much reality to it. Mm-hmm. That, that always adds just an extra, like, excitement, not necessarily in a good way for me watching an episode. There is a supreme horror in the belief that if you take somebody who's weak in mind and you constantly press them over and over again and convince them that their reality isn't real and the only way out is to kill yourself, that makes that shit real scary and real real. Let's get into that right away. Um, you know, I've brought up multiple times how... Moffat uses suicide a lot in his stories. 
and you know as plot devices and sometimes it's not cool this time i guess you can give it a pass because they're using it to escape a non-reality which amy did in amy's choice too but i can't remember i think they kind of half-heartedly tried explaining why everyone committed suicide but i don't think i got it i didn't I don't either think the suicide makes it any less suicidey if that makes sense because if your your exit strategy takes you to fuck nope that is a poor explanation however if you're a simulation and your reality isn't real but your reality is the only reality that's ever going to be quote real end quote for you right it, it still doesn't make suicide like any less yeah if you told me this final. was a simulation i wouldn't start slitting my wrists i'd be like <laughs> cool let's cool. let it out like is there any way we can hit the unlimited money button right. that'd be more fun yes. hell yeah brother that just changes the game now you I, got different options i think there's a line in this somewhere where someone says i think it's the doctor that once an entity in the simulation becomes aware of itself or aware of the simulation that the program like kind of sends it an algorithm to increase its desire to kill itself. Yeah. Because otherwise you have these subroutines like fighting against the system, like in the matrix. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the doctor is trying to say, but I didn't quite get it. Your explanation right now makes a lot of sense as to not have the, the simulation fight with anything else. But I didn't get that out of the well, episode either. Yeah, and Moffat's notoriously like kind of anti-technology and anti-computers. So there's a lot of like clearly Moffat not knowing how computers work while trying to write a we're living inside a computer story. Yeah, the computer jargon was kind of funny, Can but kind of made like, sense. <laughs> email your stuff from inside a simulation to outside a simulation. Well, if, that's okay. So that's what a, that's what a virus is. Yeah. But the Sonic, so the Sonic glasses apparently weren't the simulation. No, they were. No, they were. It's just that the monks, they're called the monks. I don't know if that comes across. Uh, the monks are have made the simulation so realistic that the simulation created Sonic glasses in itself. Yeah. And then the Sonic could send to the Sonic. Yeah. So it's like okay. it's yeah. like when you are in your email and you open an attachment and there's something in there that you get then get a virus. That virus then uh will just start sending emails to people. So it's like outside of the means of the attachment, it's able to do things it shouldn't be able to. And so that's what basically is the, what, what is it, the doctor dialing to email the doctor yeah, that's IRL. Like, I don't it's know. Called man. What are you Internet? connected to? I mean, the there, was, there was also that line where the Sonic uh, glasses are neuro-linked to the doctor. And so maybe there's something uh, with that. Like, he can just think. like So he, he big-brained it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's my headcanon for <laughs> it. But the uh, simulation has to be in some kind of network, right? It can't just, like, it, it's obviously not well, yeah, real. Yeah, but the, the aliens that have this amazing technology aren't using, like, our Wi-Fi. <laughs> right. right. But... But that doesn't mean it's not a network that can't connect to email. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm down with yeah, it. I just I just know there's no way you could like Yeah. There's no way you could like sit the audience down and be like, okay, so <laughs> this is gonna take a minute, but here's how this works. Right. Are we gonna talk about that Missy reveal? I was underwhelmed. 
I'm pretty sure the last time I was asked what's in there, it was Missy. I said what's it was in Missy. the box? I think Terry yep. said Missy. Think it was oh, Cody Terry did. Said Missy. It was, oh, did he? I thought it was Yeah, Terry. I just edited it. It was two weeks ago. He, someone, or I think you asked Joe, like, oh, well, what's up with the vault? And Cody just goes, oh, it's Missy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was, Moffat just seems so fucking predictable at this point. I'm happy to see Missy, though. Like, it's just underwhelming because it wasn't, like, really mind-blowing. It wasn't, like holy shit, some kid from like, or like Jack Harkness steps out or something cool like that. I think Sam said me. I would have been blown the heck away. Like the Occam's razor here was Didn't you say if it's me, I'm going to stop watching this? Yep, I did. I I think you came up with that and decided that on your own. Uh, Well, let's talk about just like the Missy scenes because they're kind of interspersed throughout the, the main story. Yeah, I was wondering Uh, what you guys thought in the beginning when they're doing that whole lead up thing i liked what they did when they're like uh the prisoner will kneel and then the camera just like pans to the doctor and they're like oh wait the doctor's a prisoner and then like the guards move missy onto the thing and you're like ah that that one got me too i was like the doctor's not a prisoner and alex is like no just look like oh got it yeah and they're like purposely not using pronouns or anything when describing what's going on and I'm sure they're going to delve into that a little bit more. But for the time being, like, what? Where did this all come from? What happened here? What? That, like, they just the <laughs> Missy's prisoner on these what people do you mean that what happened? The did master, I miss something? The master's evil. Someone caught her and finally wanted to kill her. Oh, oh, okay. So we're just supposed to. It's a courtroom. Okay. She was yeah. judged. That Missy, you know, a a bit part of the entire series. We don't get to see how she's caught, what she was doing, <laughs> what her plans were. She's just caught and is about to die. And then the doctor. And the no. doctor saves her. Right. Like she deserves more than here she is. Kill her. Well, yeah. the last time we saw Missy, she got, quote unquote, killed by the Daleks, right? Yeah. I thought she oh, got yeah, hit by a ray. We got yeah, to yeah, see yeah. her get shot. Yeah. 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 But who knows where in time that was? Well, Time Lords can Clearly. only travel, can only meet each other relative to their own timelines. So this takes place after that. Okay, so that would take you 35 minutes to explain to me. But we've talked about it before. Right. The first rule of time travel is that you can, Time Lords from Gallifrey can only travel through time relative to each other. So except for the times when they want to do it different, <laughs> then <laughs> every time a Time Lord meets another one, they are meeting in order in, in their relative to each other. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, that didn't make sense at all. Except for like when there's a multi-doctor story and he runs into himself five times. Yeah. You know, that's that's fine. Peter Capaldi helping out uh, David <laughs> Matt Smith David to Matt Smith. save Gallifrey. <laughs> hmm. David Matt Smith, that's his Christian name. (laughs) (laughs) David Matt Eccleston, obviously. Your boy, Matt. Uh, I think his, wait, no, his middle name is Capaldi. So then Nardal shows up and he's got River's diary. Yes, I was going to bring that up. That's And he was contracted by River to kick his ass. (laughs) Yeah, right? But then the doctor, when he's... I, I love how they intertwine him using the diary throughout like the rest of this episode, too. There's just so much good play on stuff, like with the Missy intertwined and um, River's diary intertwined. It's really good. Missy even asks, like, uh, 
like how have you been doing what's going on i heard you were on um shit what's the name of that planet where derillium derillium and then he kind of like gives her a look and she's like oh shit sorry so they bring up river's death yeah mm. mm-hmm the relationship between the doctor and missy has me confused yeah they're friends are they what why they're why are they friends they grew up together yeah that sure. doesn't mean anything but <laughs> come on how many times does a master need to try and kill you and enslave the planet before you're like i'm out i'm not gonna buy you uh mexican food so i think to the doctor missy is is a friend that has just gone down the wrong path and he doesn't want to abandon her is kind of how i see their relationship but also, okay, so taking care of a body for a thousand years versus taking care of a person for a thousand years is a totally different thing. And isn't, is that going to be like torture to her? So is it well intended or not? Well, he, he saved her from dying, so. Yeah, but yeah, a thousand years in a vault? That's going to suck. He gave her a piano. Yeah, he gave her piano. He eats uh, Chinese, or not Chinese, Mexican <laughs> with we've, her. We've currently <laughs> spent approximately nine months basically in our own houses, and it sucks a lot. A thousand years in a tiny-ass vault. Yeah, but what's, what's, a thousand years, what's a thousand years to a Time Lord? Right. It's a thousand years you of stuff they could have been doing. You put a computer in there with some internet, uh, Cody would live in there for however long. <laughs> oh, like, hell yeah. If I got internet connection and like a computer, I don't even... Like steady, steady stream of just food. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm in. I'll shit in a corner. I don't even need a bathroom. Yeah. Holy (laughs) shit. Just the simplicity of it. I don't understand why people need things. I need a nine by nine room with good ventilation. I sit in this chair for 16 hours a day and I'm not bothered by it. (laughs) But Missy also has a purpose that she likely can't do in the vault. That's her problem. Yeah. But she's bad. But yeah. But if she's bad, she still has a purpose. And my point is, a thousand years of just nothing, I think that's more torture than it is saving. Right. Well, we haven't well, seen her yet, so what makes you think she's not foaming at the mouth right now? Like, maybe the doctor goes in and is like, here's Mexican food, just like throws it at her, but she's like in a corner convulsing. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously a reason that they spend time like watching the vault. They never just leave it alone. And Nardo's obsessed with the fact that the doctor's like supposed to be back with her in the vault and not going on adventures well we saw it he made a sacred oath yeah to the uh guy who has a watch <laughs> i like yelled it out i was like the oath it there it is mm-hmm. he made it we saw it it's been said we saw the thing how long was the doctor in his confession dial how many <laughs> like years four was and that? a half like billion years yeah i yeah I think a thousand years. But is it like, was like three days at a time. Yeah, but he was aware of it. Only right oh before my God, he died. Just as he was Before How old's the universe? Hey, Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't matter how old it is. From now until four and a half billion years from now, it'll be four and a half billion years older. Yes, it's just that's just <laughs> such an incomprehensible number of years. Right? It, it's. Yeah, they could have achieved the exact same effect by saying like twelve hundred years, and I would be like, "Oh my god, it's so yeah." At that point, it's just comical. (laughs) Yeah, but you got to outdo Rory. He waited what 
2000 2000 years. years yeah 2000 years yeah you do gotta outdo rory yeah they're they're the dragon ball z problem now they just keep having <laughs> keep a one-up <laughs> like oh he's so much stronger <laughs> i need five more minutes krillin die <laughs> oh jeez so many people just so got to answer, triggered <laughs> to answer your question a little bit sam uh there's obviously like a lot more about the doctor and the master's relationship in like books and audio dramas and stuff but the doctor thinks that the master is the only other time lord who's like him like he's the other side of the same coin and they're the two that got into trouble and went rogue it's just the doctor's doing good and the master isn't (laughs) (laughs) so they gotta be friends but that tracks There's also with a huge the amount of time where he thought they were the only two left. They were friends. They grew up together. And he loves her. Yeah. That also does track with the doctor's like self-hate. Like if he thinks he's truly just like the master, he thinks he's evil, which he's he has said. Like he, he doesn't think he's a good man. Good men don't need rules. Now is not the time to find out why I have so many. Do you guys understand just how badass there's the two different scenes were the most badass in all of the Doctor Who that we've seen were in this episode. What? Was one it is Nardal? the Doctor telling oh. one was Nardal, <laughs> and you all know which one, and the other one was the Doctor telling that dude to look up his deaths. Oh yeah. <laughs> I wrote down I wrote, I wrote down Doctor flexes his kill count. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my KDA, bro. Yeah. It's point zero 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 Because he dies a lot. That's he doesn't kill many things, but he dies a lot. I loved. The, oh no! My, he told him to search for the doctor under cause of death. Yeah. So oh. that was. Yeah. That was everything oh, that he has that caused. He that's ten times weight. That's ten times more badass. I thought it was like counting out all his deaths, including his deaths in the confession dial, and it was just smoking. Oh, I kind of thought that's what it was too. Okay, so his KDA is literally one zero 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 zero. In that scene uh, was my favorite series of lines, I guess. It was, you're unarmed, always, you're alone, often, you should be scared, never. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you. Uh, yeah. Good luck with her. <laughs> and uh, don't forget uh, to validate your parking. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Remember, a thousand years, uh, yep. bring the back or bring the ball back whenever you get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate your oath and yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough question. about Missy. Oh, Terry, you no, said no, something? Terry, 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 question. Um, uh, hold we, up. Hold we up. are now open for questions. Okay. The floor is open. <laughs> he <laughs> left. Can we get, He's can just we get your name? the microphone gone down and left. <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. Sorry, Mubo. I was just wondering, he's in charge of the vault for a thousand years. Does that mean if it's supposed to be opening during this season that he's been at this school teaching as a teacher for a thousand years as like a part-time job since uh, River's death? He's been there somewhere between 50 and 75 years. Okay. So we just have no idea what he's been doing all those other times without a companion other than Nardal. Well, you're also jumping to conclusions that the vault is supposed to open this season. Well, what would be the point of having a vault in this season if it's not going to open? <laughs> you're using the word supposed to. It's going to. Well, those are two Nostra different things. <laughs> <laughs> opening opening at the correct time or opening 
because some shit's going down are two very different things. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would say the doctor is going to be in a situation where he cannot control it and has to run to Missy for help. Well, we saw that in the end of this episode. Yeah, crazy how that theory just came out of my mouth, huh? <laughs> Another question. Um, the Veritas... Oh, we are closed for questions. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the Veritas, uh, the script that essentially told the characters that they were in a stim- simulation, was that also part of, planned by the simulation? Or was that like a a break in the simulation that leaked into it? Or is that the whole ploy that the doctor was to get there? Because this has like been like whoever knows how many times these people have killed the doctor in these simulations. I would guess the middle of those three options you just gave. Okay. Wait, what was you, what was the answer? If you really <laughs> think about that one. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that well. Yeah, in the simulation would be a damaging thing to the simulation. Well, that's what everyone who becomes aware of the simulation is. And so this is created by priests during the crusades or I don't know when the hell they do it. And, you know, they all died. They all killed themselves. Uh, Okay, but that didn't that. No, that's not the point. How did the Veritas come to be? It was it was was written by a bunch of priests. (laughs) Yeah, it was, then, it was created. Who realized they were in a simulation. They figured it out. They created the shadow test. Oh, I see. That's the same thing. Like what? in the Matrix, like it's either like an existing program that glitched or, you know, somebody becoming aware. And then if them becoming aware causes them to want to kill themselves then they like quickly create this thing and then they did all kill themselves yeah except for in the matrix instead of killing yourselves they send the agents way cooler they take a pill and go into a shit world where everything's cold and you're bald (laughs) but there's orgies so that's cool (laughs) yeah that's big big time let me out of the matrix baby Why did they? Why did that one priest send the copy to CERN? What was like that? Seemed really out of left field. I think that dude was just desperate to get the word out that everything in the world is a simulation. Yeah. And but, just yeah, why would he send it to CERN? <laughs> that's that's. Well, like, he sent it to a bunch of places. Well, there was a list, and CERN oh. was like. The second or third on the list. Oh, okay. Oh, right, because the president had it too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. And if you're thinking about, like, this isn't going to make sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you want to inform the world, you inform the smartest people. Not this day. You right. Go, you go to Twitter. <laughs> and the president. <laughs> and the president. Well, I mean, I don't know how the president got his hands on it, but, you know, certain. I am interested to figure out what the doctor has given up for sure with that whole um getting temporary sight during that thing like Mm. supposed to have uh given up something in his future self so i'm excited to figure out what that is yeah well you can keep waiting because that's never dressed again (laughs) i was gonna make a really crass joke (laughs) oh gosh moving on tweets (laughs) Um, 
One thing I didn't like is that they show us that there's all these, like, portals, and they don't show us what's in all of them. Why show us that there's a million and not take the opportunity to do a fun little blip through every one of them? It's a lot of set work. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going at the beginning, Jill, is, like, uh, the episode's kind of overly weighed towards like all the stuff going on in the Vatican whereas that stuff that happens in the last 10 minutes where they go to like the Pentagon and CERN and everything that could have been 15 minutes we could have had a couple more little fun scenes or horribly traumatic scenes depending on where they end up yeah definitely oh speaking of traumatic this is the second episode already that Bill has died in essentially so it's like is this just a theme now that we're gonna watch her die in every episode She's she's the new Rory. The new Rory. Oh, God. She's the crud. <laughs> yeah, we didn't so see Bill long, at the end. How long were they all a simulation? And has it been the entire season? Mm. Answer? Yes. Well, I think this story was the first time we saw this simulation. So everything else we've seen has been the true Doctor and Bill on Earth? Or, you know, wherever. Right, but the simulation branched off of the true true and made the fake true. Right. So this episode, you know, like Bill and the doctor have been, you know, doing whatever the fuck they've been doing in the simulation and we're just tuning into them now. Well I don't I don't know if I'm willing to No, I think that. it I think it branches off like infinitely infinite infinitively. Uh, because infinitely. because infinitely because the doctor was blind and he was also blind in reality so i think after that event happened there was like a like a like a recycle event and Close, then that's but you're way off okay we didn't have a female pope called benedict the knight oh yeah i was wondering about that I thought yeah. that was just um, like some behind the scenes. Like I thought he was making a jab at uh, Catholicism and um, how they covered up that they had a female pope. Was that not just like being jokey? No, I think it was meant as a clue. Because oh. like if it was just a if it was just a one off from the doctor, then it could have been a joke. But then a portrait of the pope is the entrance to the library, and nobody bats an eye. They're all like, "Oh yeah." that time we had a female pope oh on that note i thought that that was the case because it was the heretical library so they had a picture of a female pope if that was the case they could have just used the female pope that exists in history like it's debated but there was a pope joan that people have in history books that's still debated by historians today hmm no what (laughs) no you can't what but i also like benedict the ninth was super controversial anyway so there's plenty of fun jokes to have about that moffat also loves making fun of the catholic church as we've seen right a lot of times and that's where i thought that was just was i thought he was just like oh we're gonna make this pope a female because in our like sub-reality that's that's what happened but not well, everyone knows that because like, Catholicism covered it up. They're like, nah, he was a dude. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> uh, just because no one seems to care, that the simulation was created or started much earlier, that they're using, like, all the information they have, which is basically everything, 
to create like the history of the world and then you know up to now so that they can study absolutely everything hmm. i guess i didn't take much stock to people noticing it because the doctor obviously knew it was a female and then everyone that was in that group was like higher ranking bishops or whatever yeah and so they would be bought into covering it up and would just like not really care whereas well, if then it was also, just normal people they'd be like what no yeah but also the veritas only exists in the simulation and in its simulation it was created thousands of years ago true yeah so you would assume it was created by a simulant who went rogue You'd think the simulation would run like AVG antivirus and it would be like, <laughs> yo, there's a thing called Veritas that might fuck up your plans. That's what the monks it's were. Too big, man. They were they were in red and that's basically what they did. <laughs> they were the antivirus? Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole thing just made me like even more want this Ryan Reynolds movie that has was supposed to come out during COVID and it w will come out one day where he's like an NPC in a video game and decides oh. he doesn't want to be anymore and starts. Oh yeah. That never came out. What? No, there's still, so you mean reboot the movie? I don't know, man. It's, it's more like uh ready and player cool. one, but it's like a video game. Like it's GTA and yeah, he's a like store GTA. clerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, he works at a bank and he's like, one of the levels in the game is robbing the bank, so he's like constantly getting robbed and killed and all that. That's hilarious. Another question. Get it. Um, the monks. You're pushing it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the monks. I I love them. They're beautiful. But I guess my question is, why are they like mummified? Like, what why are they deteriorating? They're born this way. No bully. No bully. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just looking for like what design choice made you go in this direction of having them this way and not have like supermodels or something like that instead of that for monks. Like, uh, for spoops. Yeah, they, they needed the creepiness factor. Uh, monster. Like just by definition of monster, they need to have a disfigured creature. Did it kill the voiceover people, though, to offset the voices with the face? I don't know. I kind of like that aspect of just the their jaw would slowly move, but all these words would come out, which added to the creepy. It was very creepy. But oh, definitely. Again, I just, I just wondered why they were all. But so it's also old. exactly like the silence. I was just going to say. Just had. Yeah. And it, it almost had the same voice effect, too. It was like a whispery, like kind of thing that yeah because their throats are dry <laughs> right <laughs> like the rest of their body water is heresy <laughs> bitch you dry <laughs> simulated water has no moisture okay she's not in a ton of it but she gets a bit of a story what'd you guys think of bill in this one eh. yeah she didn't do much she got a date yeah i like that she was having a date but it turned out to be a simulation of a date. <laughs> yeah, I like her, uh, her foster mom or whoever that lady is going, I have very strict rules about men. <laughs> and Bill going, probably not as strict as mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, how ignorant is her mom that she just, like, she's told her. She just... I get it. 
I get it. Moms are moms. What are moms? Moms are moms. That's not her mom though, right? No, it's like her aunt. Or maybe what's the what's the relation? Mom like figure. It's her guardian. Guardian. It is. She's got rules. It's her house or whatever. I don't know how I feel about Bill. It's just different, and I said I wanted different, so I'm I'm trying to be open minded to it. But she always seems annoyed when the doctor comes. Like she's not just ready to drop everything and leave. So I was like, right I loved now, her do you face when they heard the sound of the TARDIS. She was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, she's so different from Amy. Bill's out here trying to get her dick wet, and the doctor shows up. <laughs> yeah, and and then the as she's explaining to her new possible lover that it's okay to be having feelings about another woman you don't have to feel weird about it the fucking pope walks out and starts yelling at them <laughs> right and then and then she sees a host of bishops just in the room and she's like oh fuck this where's the sacrificial dagger what's happening i'm out Runs also away. bill not realizing that the doctor is blind hmm <laughs> Yeah. She is blind. Like, how do you yeah, not she's notice all the changes? Daft as her guardian. Yeah, it's bad. Well, there's a lot going on. Yeah, like a blind doctor. Clara <laughs> like, would have noticed. For sure. For sure. Clara would have also made herself blind. <laughs> yeah, it's solidarity. It's a cool thing. It just starts stabbing her eyeball. <laughs> the doctor's blind, I'm blind. But Bill did look really good. That coat yeah. that she had yeah. for her date, she looked wonderful it was beautiful was it a coat it or was, was it a dress it, it was a coat she had uh like a skirt underneath it yeah you'd have to have something well, she had pants that. on underneath it but that doesn't mean anything it's a jacket <laughs> that is like knee length or thigh length or it's a dress i'd have to review the scene but i'm willing to <laughs> i'm willing but to she is wearing black pants under it it's a dress kit. It's it's <laughs> short. The collar's awesome. Wearing the turtleneck under it, dope. Yeah, her the hair lines, great. Everything was just great. Everything. Yo, I'll say it. I'll say it. Uh, you can't say it. She be banging. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's out here trying. She really trying. She's out it, here doing it. She, she ain't trying nothing. <laughs> she's out here her, doing it. She's not on Martha level. Then. She's on not on what level? Martha level. Like if Martha is banging, Bill's not banging. Ooh, I'm about to drop something mm. that you're not gonna like. Bill be banging so much harder than Martha. No, I disagree with that. Because banging is it. We've discussed this. It's not like looks and promiscuity. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, it's like attitude. your attitude. And Bill is the weaker oh, attitude. Fuck. No, 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 I take that back. I'm so sorry, Future Jake. Please cut that. Martha be so. <laughs> Yeah, I just needed I needed that little smack in the face. I was I was awestruck. It's, it's my a lifestyle. That's my bad. That's my bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's like when someone walks into a room, you look at them and you're like, "Oh, that person fucks." Like Bill's got that in spades. No. I disagree. This whole episode she was just trying to fuck. She feels like yeah, she's But she can't 12. get it in. She just but, she's kind of black by life. Also, her though, does this lady up. know that she's on a date with her? Because I don't think she that, does. In that date, like Bill had swag. Like she was 
Oh, like that chick was really. Oh, Bill's got, Bill's got swag. Yeah. She do have swag. Yeah, She's got that. Going to happen in five minutes. Oh, yeah. power top energy. Yeah, but here's here's the difference with banging. You can't say that. Speaking of things getting cut if, out. If that was here, so here's the difference with banging though. If if that was like Martha or River or Clara, she wouldn't have had to have that conversation with that person. They would have had their clothes off already. Absolutely. Like what makes her man? Danny Pink walked out on Clara. <laughs> yeah, screw Danny Pink. Just saying. He he don't he don't be banging. Like he, some people like, can't he, handle. Danny Pink ain't walking away from Martha, dude. No, he'd be doing backflips and digging holes. Or River <laughs> or Missy. That was a deep cut, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the front flip. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, I. Just, that episode from uh, neither the time nor the space that they did that episode the caretaker and yeah just like us they really tore that apart like <laughs> where in the military do they teach you how to jump nine feet in the air <laughs> it's oh, like the funny. only memorable part of that episode <laughs> I will give Bill the title of banging she's she is a she's a Jedi uh, but she's like low tier like bottom of the list for me that's that's I, like i'll give her the title she she is banging but not like martha or uh so far yeah. clara like, you've only had five episodes from her you'll get some more yeah yeah yeah, yeah we'll find out because she hasn't had that she hasn't had that scene where she like saves the doctor i think that's how the criteria of requirement for banging is you need to be the solution to a doctor problem I have Missy on that list, and she actively tries to kill the doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think it's saving. Yeah. Uh, that's a different kind of banging, though. That's a negative <laughs> banging. <laughs> Enough about Bill. What do y'all think of Nardal? Yo, Nardal be bang. N- Nardal no. got swag. No. Oh, yeah. my God. That, I dream of the day I say that to my wife. <laughs> what? You just did. <laughs> I really love Nardal. I think he's such a nice balance to the Doctor and a nice balance to the Doctor we're seeing now, where he's like, he's not so dark and cynical. He's more open-minded, it seems. Um, I, I think he's just a really nice compliment to that character. Nardal's like the butler in every anime, where you're like, he's just a butler, and then shit goes down, and then you find out that that butler is has was like a navy seal for 20 years has 110 confirmed kills mm-hmm. yeah will start your girlfriend in the ass one anime reference per podcast you can't be bringing up another one i didn't bring up dbz alex did that I, yeah i did that but i was gonna like name drop an anime that, that it is that exact same thing <laughs> but it really is a butler in anything it's not just anime it's like oh I... secret hidden talent butler got it yeah you're right i like that nardal uh kind of has like a superhero effect like superman of how he has to take off his glasses when he gives that speech to bill and then puts them back on it's like all right let's get going like he has two different personalities when he has them on and off the world's noisiest fucking glasses like come on uh foley artist Uh, i am curious i would love to see like a difference between the original script and the shooting script because i think again uh, it's a case of like this was written before Moffat knew Nardal was going to be on the show for the season, and 
especially since it's one of Moffat's scripts, like these would have been, they could have been written way ahead of time if he kind of had an idea of where the season was going to go. And I think that's also a big reason why he was very eager to take the idea of the doctor being blind, because then he'd be like, oh, that gives me free reign to give tons of the duff to Nardal and make him a bigger part of the story. Because if the doctor's blind, there's just a lot of stuff he can't do. Yeah, Nardal has to like describe what's in front of them kind of thing. Oh, my God. And the way he was doing it, he was like, oh, look, there's a light. 10 feet in front of us to the left. <laughs> I can't believe that Bill didn't get it. Like, it makes no sense. Hey, man, Bill's just there for the ride. Tweets? 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 Tweet, 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 tweet. You guys remember the days where Alex would, like, sing the tweet song? And it was, like, sometimes it was, like, metal and sometimes it was like punk rock. Yeah, I got one of each, and I used them all. So <laughs> here now we are. On to bubbles. Yep, we got a lot of tweets. So smoke them if you got them. Also, we had two people. So you know how uh, I don't know if you guys went on Spotify in the last few days, but they have a thing where they tell you like what your most listened to like songs, albums, and podcasts were this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool had two twitter friends send us theirs saying that our podcast was what they listened to the most this year oh shit cool. Thanks, Yo, guys. oh that's the coolest thing <laughs> i've ever heard in my entire life 2020 hell harry, of a drug harry the whovian spent 9132 minutes listening to our oh podcast in 2020 wow. bro we need bro. to send him something he Is probably he like, can a he... lot of beer Said I basically listened to all the episodes over the summer and loved every second. Oh man, wow. every wow. second that seems uh, un- unfair. <laughs> yeah, there's some seconds where uh, there's where some... Alex isn't talking, and I think those are the only seconds that are lovable. Oof. <laughs> I agree. Ooh, rip Alex. Uh, wait, no, what I meant. Wait, how did I? That <laughs> was so mean. No, I meant. <laughs> There were times where Alex wasn't talking, so he couldn't have loved every single minute because Alex wasn't talking <laughs> minutes. Okay. Right? Oh, like if Good we try. go back, it makes sense. It means like it means that. <laughs> also, on the newest, uh, neither time nor space. Uh, so, like every week, uh, Matt brings us up, and it's like, oh, I was listening to. Mary too, and then lately he's been forcing David to say hi to us, and David's nice. like socially awkward, so he's like he does it poorly, and then Matt makes fun of him. And he's like, always like, "I don't know these people. You're making right. it awkward." Like I don't listen to their podcast, and, like, and <laughs> it's and like so, uh, bring a kid somewhere and make them say hi to people, and they're like, right. "Hi, grandma." And, so this week, Matt brought us up, and David goes, oh, I actually listened to a ton of their podcasts this week. And then Matt just cuts him off and starts talking about something else. It's like, David was finally going to give us Aww. the praise we so desire from him. God damn it. Oh, send back the gifts. Send it back. As soon as you get them, send it back. No, I think that's going to ruin the relationship. If David listens to us and likes us, I don't, that, it's just not as charming. Yeah. No. Don't do it, David. Time, he did the thing that I know you have to do to like us, which is he skipped ahead to to Donna's season. <laughs> yeah, first three Solid. seasons are rough. 
every time I get in a vehicle where Sam's connected by a Bluetooth, their podcast comes on. So if you could stop macking on my girl, I'd fucking appreciate it. <laughs> it's true. So at Jury of One, change their handle again to Basil Porphyrogenitus. <laughs> so anyway, at Classic. Jury of One. Nailed it. <laughs> says, I like this one. The most experimental app I can think of. It was a good idea to solve the series mystery five episodes in as wondering what's in the vault wouldn't have been able to sustain itself as an idea for much longer. Both has feel a bit too much like setup, but still interesting is an understanding of who the doctor is, even when he's just a literal imitation of himself. My main issue with extremists, is that what we decide we're saying it? Yep. My main issue with extremists is that I find it too dark with mass suicide being a main theme. I think Doctor Who should be a family show, and while I enjoy this, I probably wouldn't have a decade ago. I think suicide has so much more implications to folks that have been involved in situations where suicide was prevalent. If you haven't been involved, yeah. it's... Also, if you're watching a show with your kids, like, at what age are you willing to be like, or to answer the question where they're like, what's suicide? I mean, yeah. like, you tell them right away. Right? Like, kids are happy. Some well, people's would, kids are happy. I, I My parenting style would be different than a lot of people's. I don't believe in lying. I'd probably, like, if Jack could talk, I'd be like, yeah, that's like what people kill themselves when they're sad. Let me know if you ever feel that way. Right? Like, if you want to prevent something, this is getting to a dark place. But, like, yeah. It, Open communication. Right. Yeah. Anyway... Ode Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, I know this story and especially the ending can be quite divisive, but I think it makes it more impactful, especially with how meta it gets. The Missy reveal is great, even if some people had guessed it. And I love the interspersing of the two stories, eking out the reveal and adding to its impact. And the effect that River still has on the Doctor is wonderful, as is Missy's understated reaction to her death. He means River's death, not Missy's death. And the without hope, witness, reward line is one of the most who ideas they've ever done. Man, they sure did say that line a lot in this episode. The monks are incredibly creepy, if a little reminiscent of the silence. The shots of them appearing from the dark just add to that, and the matter-of-fact way they speak, even more so. Bill's date is wonderful. The reassurance and nervousness is so cute and done so realistically and the immediate juxtaposition of that to the Pope appearing is hilarious. <laughs> the scenes of the Vatican are a little Dan Brown, but still creepy and affecting, tense and intriguing, giving the audience just enough to unsettle them without spoiling the twist. I really like that we see the reveal through the eyes of Bill and Nardal instead of the Doctors, letting us see the impact it has on them. Yeah, that is something that's interesting, how you know she finds the Doctor in the Oval Office and he just already knows everything. And the doctor's seemingly taking it in his stride, being so calm with Bill, but then letting the emotion out when he asks to be turned off is so powerful to watch. And the use of Missy to inspire the doctor is an incredible subversion. And the doctor not having to be real to be the doctor is wonderful, embodying what he and the show is to fans. The doctor threatening the executioner by just being himself is amazing. The dialogue between them is brilliant when the realization of who the doctor is sets in. The only things I'm not such a fan of are the use of mass suicide as a way to escape. It could definitely send the wrong message, and it's used an uncomfortable amount by Moffat. And on a lighter note, how easily the Doctor deals with his blindness. The glasses and the tech seem a bit of a cop-out. Would have liked to see him struggle a little more, but nevertheless, 
manage to do what he does anyway, like in Oxygen. I do really like this one, though, and I'm very just interested to hear what you think. That, that was, came from Ollie? That was a good tweet. That was... Mm-hmm. That was like, oh god! You could just cut all of our previous stuff and yeah, put that in. That's that's our, that's our podcast. Yeah. Hannah drinks cocoa and social distances at HT Scorapa. Way to go, Hannah! <laughs> social distance. <laughs> Formerly of Hannah drinks tea. Um, I think I enjoyed it more on my second viewing because I could anticipate the shock value moments. Some pretty dark stuff in this one. I don't quite understand why the monks. Oh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> next time so the monks don't check the tweets got it yeah don't ever check the tweets well sometimes I you like roll up on my feed I don't look at the All comments the but I see your tweets same Chris at this emo trash says haven't rewatched it yet but it's an amazing episode with a unique at least a who concept very matrix slash slash inception inspired testing your own mortality and finding out what is and isn't real and what's just a simulation the pope and bill's flat will never get old the doctor still being blind and having to hide it from bill is an interesting challenge and it lets nardal do most of the heavy lifting which i think his character really needed a document you can't read without killing yourself is such a horror concept i'm surprised it hasn't been used in the show before when you really look at this episode is the darkest we've had so far in the series you've got the veritas the cern people who are actually going to blow themselves up the Pope arriving personally to get help. All of it leading up to what they think is their universe actually just being a simulation made by an alien species who wants to invade. That's just marvelous, and I really love it. Is this the episode where Nardal is not so secretly a badass? Because this one is where he really becomes his own character rather than just a background influence. He becomes a proper companion instead of just trying to get the Doctor to guard the vault. Oh, and Missy, always great to see her. Talking about this makes me want to rewatch it, so I'm going to just do that. Enjoy, nerds. You went chipmunk. Yeah, the the reading of that one, it like cut out for like half a second, and then it was just really fast for a, a it bit. It was there. like yeah, three seconds of <laughs> silence, and then it all fit into. It all came in. So you just you take that section of the track, you slow it down by twenty five percent, you're good. I don't even know how to do that. Well, you you could still understand what you're saying, so I don't know if you have to fix it, but. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know why Discord does that. It really seemed like it's like a hose that you kink and then you let it. (laughs) And then all the water comes out. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sorry, Chris. Some of your tweet got recorded there, but, uh, you know, we got it. We got it. Good tweet. Yeah. Also, like, what is going on with this episode that everybody's just got these really incredibly insightful and well worded tweets? I like how we talked about Inception and Matrix, which we brought up both of those things this episode so yeah when chris talked about like uh the reading of a document that inspires people to kill themselves is kind of like an epic trope or tropes the wrong word but like a plot piece so that just kind of seems like you know death note kind of like an anime that i kind of know like an anime right oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no i was giving that mr j theme song mrs j mrs j Mrs. J. McCrimmon in that Mrs. J. McCrimmon Yeah. Totally official and real Mrs. McCrimmon at Mrs. J. McCrimmon says 
I like this one and just thinking about it has enticed me to watch it again. I shall report back in approximately 48 minutes. 48 <laughs> minutes later, she says, right now, I think this is an excellent story that would have been even better in an anthology series as the only letdown to it is, IMO, the lapse in logic for how the Shadow Doctor knew how to email you, how to email the real one. Yeah, Happy to no be sense. corrected. No, you're right. It makes no sense. Yeah. The... Pope joke during Bill's date is chef's kiss. The date <laughs> yes. itself shows not all is the, is the same in the real world. Uh, the reference to River's diary without hope, without witness, without reward was nice, though a Moffat staple of repetition four times here. Hey, I said that too. Uh, to convince us that it's deep. Nardal and Bill in the catacombs showed what a good pair they are. Are you secretly a badass? Nothing secret about it, baby doll. <laughs> and then I love Nardal. His change in demeanor was excellent. Uh, the CERN scene is creepy, especially after the anteroom in Pentagon, only let down by the extras. I think there's a fantastic sense of impending doom throughout as the mystery unravels, making it memorable on its own. And a spoiler. And then uh, she says, I'm done, but round out of characters. Hi. And then a wavy hand. <laughs> Hi, Mrs. J. Hi, Mrs. J. Man, I it's been a while since I've had to sing that song. That was great. Since you've gotten to sing the song. Yeah, that's what I said verbatim. <laughs> Alex, give me that fun facts theme song. Fun facts, fun facts. We got some fun facts. All right, I don't have any fun facts. Fun but... facts. Fun... <laughs> <laughs> do the song in reverse. I do like Ooh. to look at the actors and see if any of them have been in Doctor Who before or if they've been in any other shit I want to talk about. Joseph Long is back. He is playing the Pope in this. He was Rocco Colasanto in Turn Left, one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, that's not Wilf. But it's Wilf's buddy that they like salute each other when they're being drug <laughs> off because they're being sent to work camps. He said one of his favorite characters, not oh, his all-time favorite character. Okay. Yeah, I just watched... Uh, Toby Haydock's YouTube channel, he did a reaction to this story. Uh, and apart from him just pointing out every actor in it because he knows them personally, uh, it, I just got to watch that episode again. It was so much fun. It is my favorite Russell T. Davies story. Uh, Tim Bentink, Bent Inc. I don't know how to pronounce it. He did the voice of the monks. This dude has 145 acting credits, uh, and it's a mix of like acting in person and voice acting. He's been in a couple Star Wars video games, but most importantly, he was the doctor's body double in Shada that came out in 2017. So there's this Tom Baker story from 1979, Shada, that they were like halfway through shooting, and then there was like a union strike, like a labor strike, so they had to shut down. And they never finished it. And so in 2017, they like animated a bunch of the missing bits and even shot some new scenes to like fill in things. And this dude played the doctor he as like his body double. So not only is the voice of the monks, but he has played the fourth doctor. That's awesome. Nice. Alex, even that MVP theme song. MVP. Alex, who's your MVP? 
Um. Oh, oh shit, God. Jake, bring it back the Alex snipe. I love it. Oh <laughs> shit. Uh, like, is it just not the Doctor? Like, I feel like it's just the Doctor. He has a lot of good speeches in this one. He was so good, and every like, I'm trying to think of all other characters, and they were just like less. Like, they just didn't have much to do. It was like all about the Doctor. Right. Hey particularly for me during the oval office scenes i was just like yeah how could it not so good but i'll tell you how because i'm picking bill's jacket slash dress <laughs> nice <laughs> the dress kit yeah. oh, i have it. once picked rose's jacket as my mvp so i'm keeping the tradition alive <laughs> so so in that situation what does the p stand for most valuable parcel <laughs> uh, I'll accept it. <laughs> Cody, who's your MVP? Uh, Moffat. He had the balls. He had the big balls to go out and write a story of this magnitude at this time, mid-season. So, I mean, Capaldi obviously deserves it, but so does Moffat. Way to go. Way to write a story that's compelling and cracking the plot of the entire season halfway through. He had the balls to reuse a bunch of his own concepts. <laughs> I was between the writer and just the doctor. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Don't get me wrong. I make fun of Moffat a lot, but I love him. I am unapologetic Moffat apologist. Is that how that works? That <laughs> <laughs> fits. Sam? Capaldi. Jill? I'm going Moffat, and it's a little bit hard to do that because of the suicide thing thrown in there. Don't love that. But the rest of the story is just so beautifully pieced together, and it really makes you wanting the next story. And that's really cool. He did a lot of good stuff, so it's Moffat. Terry? I'm going with the costume designer uh, for Bill's jacket. And uh, the doctor's jacket looked wonderful. And then the monks were beautiful to watch. And the whole execution court scene, like my very first note was, I love that robe and collar. Like, oh, my God. So just the costume designer all around was wonderful. There were some bangers in this one. Is that everybody? Did everyone go? Yeah, it's a three-way tie. Costume designer is Haley Nebauer. Neat. Well done, Haley. I think we've mentioned her before. Probably because you picked her another time. There's not a three-way tie because I did not pick her. I picked that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's now time yeah. for everybody's favorite, fastest-growing podcast sensation. The Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. In this game, I'll ask each of these nerds a question from the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. The question will be random. Could be really easy. Could be really hard. None of them are really easy in this one. Uh, Uh-oh. Everybody will get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. If the first person gets it wrong, the second person gets four multiple choice options. If they get it wrong, the next person gets to choose from the remaining options, so on and so on. I have randomly chosen the order ahead of time. And it is Terry, Jill, Alex, Cody, Sam. I win. That nougaty third. That's just me. That's where I live. That's I'm mid rear, man. I'm the <laughs> mid rear thoracic vertebrae. I mean lumbar. <laughs> I said lumbar. 
verbatim. <laughs> okay, Terry, are you ready? Yes. What year is it when River Song is posing as Cleopatra and the doctor is mistaken for Caesar? Oh, no. <laughs> I'll go. Oh, man. I wish I would have known more on my Egyptian like stuff. Okay. I will say 639 AD. Jill, your multiple choice are. 42 BC, 102 AD, 18 AD, 107 BC. I'm going to go 18 AD. Alex. Give me the, give me the, the options again. 42 BC, 102 AD, 18 AD, 107 BC. I'm going to go with 102. You son of a bitch, you're right again. Jill, it is your turn to go first. Okay. In in the Centauran Stratagem, what was Fountain 6, Luke Radigan's invention, that made him a millionaire at the age of 12? I'm going to go with dry ice. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Alex. Yo. Yo. Multiple choice are a search engine, a video compression software, a cryptocurrency, a security algorithm. I'm going to go with security algorithm. That was that a trap specifically for Alex. My mind, I, that was a trap specifically for Alex because it's stupid <laughs> enough that some writer would have said it because it doesn't mean anything. Right. That's what I was going off of. <laughs> that's why Damn I it. did it. <laughs> Shit. Well, now my second one is probably right. Damn it. Cody, same question, same options. Uh, The security one. Uh, The one Alex just said? (laughs) You heard it. (laughs) No, give me the answers again. It wasn't that one. Wait, oh shit. No, not that one. Not that one. Search engine. Search engine. That's what I said. Uh, I'll, I'll let the, I'll let your fellow competitors decide your fate on this. How, it's, it's 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 me, Alex. <laughs> Search engine is correct. One point for Alex. One point uh, for Cody. That was my Alex first guess. To fuck, Alex, it is your turn to go first. Ooh, all right. How did the cult of Scarrow escape the void at the Battle of Canary Wharf? Cody acting like he knows it. it. I do know it. That's impressive. And when you hear the multiple choice, if Alex doesn't get it right, Alex is going to just smack himself in the head. I probably won't. I I have no idea. But I'm going to say they they slipped through a time crack on the shockwave of a Dalek explosion or some bullshit like that. Jesus. I actually think that's how they escaped the time war, but that is not how they oh. escaped Canary Wharf. All right. It's like, sounds familiar. Okay, Cody, do you want the multiple choice or are you just going to give it I, to me? I will need it. I won't know the <laughs> word. Was it teleported? Was it a. Oh, that's the last one. Was it went through the void? Was it temporal shift? Was it escaped in the Genesis arc? 
Are you fucking kidding? Okay. Uh, what was okay? A was teleported. What was C? Temporal shift. I'll go with temporal shift. That's correct. Nice. Thank, thank you. And it is Cody's turn to go first. Cody, where in the UK? And by the way, this is from your favorite episode. Where in the UK did Joan Redburn assume that Gallifrey was located? I don't. I don't know the name of places, dude. The doctor mentions uh, that school. I think he says in Gallifrey, and she says, "Oh, is that?" And then says a place, and he goes, "Yeah, it must be." Uh, a quarry. <laughs> Good guess. Hey. Fair guess. Sam, your options are Scotland, Ireland, Wales, the north of England. Wales. Those are all Terry. I would have been really mad if it was Wales. Oh, man. Ireland? Ireland is correct. Oh, yeah. shit. I thought it was the north of England. Same. Big same. As my second guess. Still wrong. <laughs> Alex has two. Cody has one. Terry has one. Sam, your last chance to get on the board. Korea. What was the name of the dude who visited the 10th Doctor during his final adventures and eventually sang him to his sleep? Grandmaster Ood. Terry, your multiple choice are <laughs> Ood Sigma, Ood Beta, Ood Alpha, Ood Delta. Ood Beta. Oh my. Oh no. Jill. I feel like this one's supposed to be easy because everyone said, oh no. It's pretty easy. He's in like three episodes. Ood Sigma. That's correct. Oh yeah. Smegma. Yeah. No. Oh gross. <laughs> no. Wait. <laughs> okay, shut up. Terry hands Alex another victory, but we have a three-way tie for a second, and I just happen to have a tiebreaker question. So, Terry, Cody, Jill. First person to shout out the correct answer gets second place. Hold on, this one might actually be impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you should be able to get this. What was the name of the famous immigration station in New York's Hudson Bay that Captain Jack had to pass through in 1892. Uh, Ellis Island. Jill, for real? Wow! It can't be that easy. Are you sure? Yeah, it makes sense. This was the next question that I purposely skipped because I didn't want to come up with four multiple choice for it. Let's see who, who, someone whose name isn't Alex, if you can get this. What is the name of the key that unit entrusts Martha with when Davros moves the earth? That's the key that launches all the nukes. What's it called? Yeah, it's called the end of the world key. Skeleton key. Anyone? Uh, No, universal key. Omega key. The name that. Man who invented it. The the Schumacher key. Hans. Alex, do you know it? No, I feel like I should though. Should. Because yeah. they say it a million times. times. Yeah. Steinberg. 
It's like something no, like that. Not. It's like the Steinberg key. No. It's the Osterhagen key. Mm, yep. Oh, it's the Osterhagen um, key. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. The Asta das Hagen ice cream, yeah. Max wow. Schnell, Max Schnell the ice cream. Oof. <laughs> Maybe cut all that out. <laughs> oh god, we're so retarded. Now with that paper crumpling theme song. Now with high def cringe. This has been Married Who's episode on extremists. If you would like to follow us on social medias and participate in the podcast, you can do so Married to Who Pod on Twitter, Married Who on Instagram, or you can email us Married Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in some other way than you do, you can do so on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can also listen on our website, MarriedToWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake. Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next week for The Pyramid at the End of the World. Don't do that.